good to go. And we are back, episode 15. Alex, quite an exciting week. We stalled the Red Wings. Unfortunately, the Blues came to town on Wednesday, but we rebounded and broke the back of the Rangers yesterday afternoon with quite the matinee at the Rock. Alex, what did you see this week? Uh, well, saw a lot of stuff. I mean, just let's start with that Rangers game. This, uh, the tone of this podcast would probably be a lot different if they didn't come back to win that game against the Rangers. So, Yeah, I think we were just talking offline that the monologue would have been very different if that game uh, did not uh, go in the devil's favor yesterday. Yeah, especially after the Blues game, which was a game that they should have won too. So it was good that they rebounded with that effort. But the, yeah, it was quite the eventful roller coaster kind of week with uh, the Devils, that's for sure. Oh, man. Yeah. Like yesterday at 4 30, I was ready to run through a freaking wall. Anytime you beat the Rangers, especially coming debt back from two in OT at home, and Sivo gets the goal and the performance you have from Jack, it's just, you know, gets the juices flowing. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't there, but just watching it on TV, you could just tell how loud the arena was when Damon scored that goal. It was pretty insane. I don't, it's, I don't think we've had an atmosphere like that at the, you know, at the Rock probably what since that playoff run in like 2018. Right? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think there was actually a couple game. Uh, you know, I think the Brat Pack game. Uh, oh right, was, that was a good one. Yeah, that was a good one. You know, um, you know, we have a love hate relationship with Brat Pack with uh, some miscued text, but I think he does bring good energy to the fan base. Uh, miscued tweets, I should say. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, building was electric, and that's what you love to see. And and I think you know the Devils get a bad rap for attendance, this that, and the other thing. But I think the fan base is smart enough. If you're going to win, we'll show up and we'll be loud. If you're going to lose and suck, we won't be there. We're not wasting our time or money. Yeah. Um, no, no, that's exactly, that's the way, you know, I think most fan bases are. It's like, if you're winning games, they're going to show up. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think you, you, you have a few outliers, uh, you know, in the major, uh, major cities. I mean, yeah, uh, you the, know, the, major the, the Leafs are going to sell out every game almost. That's you what know, I was thinking. Just, yeah. Yeah. Leafs or, or the Habs or, you know, the Vancouver's, um, but yeah, great atmosphere. Love to see it for the players. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll get into that game because there's a few takeaways that I would love to talk about. Um, but yeah, let's 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 start with the Red Wings game. Yeah, that was a big one because um, they had just come off that OT loss to the Hurricanes, correct? So, um, and they had played well against the they hadn't played well against the Hurricanes, but um, you know they fought to at least get a point out of that. Kind of follow it up. They definitely some... stole a point from that game, which was encouraging, right? Because then that led yeah. to five out of six. Then we went to the Red Wings and we got uh, seven out of eight. Um, so you know they're putting putting some points together here. Yeah, and um, so yeah, let's get into that Red Wings game because the Red Wings are not a particularly good team, despite what their record says. I know they're a little bit over NHL five hundred, but. They're like in the bottom of the league when it comes to shot attempts and expected goals and stuff like that. So that was a game that the Devils really need to get two points out of. And they did, even though they got off to a slow start in that one. I think the score is not as reflective as what the gameplay was. Um, I know we ended with a, was it a 5-1 victory? But I think it was a lot closer for the first period and a half, I would say, until until the Devils really blew the doors open. And it's interesting because at the start of the season, or at least the first couple games into the season, a lot of NHL pundits had the Red Wings and the Devils as very similar teams, right? A lot of young talent um, looking to make that net, next step, made a couple off-season moves 
moves, have drafted well, but it seems like the Devils are starting to take that next step, but the Red Wings are maybe a player or two short uh, on the back end uh, until they take that next step. Yeah, I mean, the Red Wings, you know, their solution to kind of improve their defense was to sh- sign Ben Sharatov four-year contract, and that hasn't turned out. Oh, I see Lucille's making an early uh, guest appearance. Oh, she was hyped up after yesterday's New York Rangers game. Yeah, I'm sure. Knowing her, she's a big Devils fan. Oh, hello, Lucille. (laughs) Um, But yeah, uh, that Red Wings game, you know, it definitely, I I don't want to say Vanacek stole a win for them because they won 5-1, but uh, I think just the way the first half of that game went, if he didn't play the way he, he did and he, um, just kind of like keep the game level for a little while, they, they wouldn't win that game. Uh, that was one of his, I thought, one of his best um, starts of the season because, uh, you know, the Red Wings really did generate quite a b- bit of uh, quality uh, chances, especially when the game was still pretty close. Vanacek made some pretty big saves in the first period to keep it tied. Yeah, 100%. And, um, you know, I think, uh, I don't remember off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure he stopped like two goals above expected in that game. And then, you know, eventually the Devils broke through on the power play with Dougie's uh, bomb from the point. Uh, you know, the Red Wings penalty. Shout out to like, CJ. <laughs> yeah, he started the the power play, the good power play juju for the rest of the week. So, <laughs> I remember play. it was hysterical because he tweeted before the game all these, all this, this great in-depth breakdown of power plays across the league and how the Devils differ and, you know, basically saying that the Devils have too much shot generation from the point from Dougie Hamilton compared to other successful power plays across the league. And next thing you know, the two power play goals they scored that game were generated from Dougie Hamilton at the point. Yeah. And then we get power play goals in each of the games the rest of the week. So (laughs) CJ, congrats on getting the Devils power play going. Keep keep bringing the reverse juju, CJ. If there's whoever else is struggling on the team, figure it it out and just kind of just give some analysis on Twitter. Let's get a deep dive into the, uh, into Miles Wood. Uh, Miles Wood, uh, Dawson Mercer, Yegor Sharangovich, you know, get these guys going. But um, yeah, that Red Wings game, um, yeah, they had to get two points from that because the Red Wings are just not good. Um, and they broke through in the power play. And then obviously you kind of have that, um, I don't know if I would call it a breakout game for Holtz, but it was definitely his best game of the season. You know, obviously you can, you can see it coming for him in spurts a little bit. Um, still a little inconsistent. I didn't think he played that well against the Rangers, but he did play well against the Blues the following night. So it was good to see him play the way he did. I mean, that was an absolute rocket. Uh, oh yeah, at the top was, of the circle, coming in, yeah. just leaning into that shot. That was a th- that. That's what you come to expect from Alexander Holtz. Yeah, I mean, Lucille seems to agree that that was a big time shot too from Holtz. So um, um, yeah, and yeah. he and you know what? It wasn't just a shot. He was driving play. He was a playmaker that game. He also had a great assist on the McLeod goal um, to to light uh, line up Michael. Um, and then even in the Blues game, I mean, he was a single driver on his line. Uh, it just stinks because it wasn't until late in the Rangers game that he was actually getting pushed up the lineup uh, to start getting some goal-scoring opportunities because the kid's not going to thrive on a line with M- Michael McLeod and Miles Wood. That's just not going to happen. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. Even though he did in the, the Red Wings game, he pretty much – Helped put that game away. Um, made it four nothing uh, with the the goal. So, well, and he um, made it three nothing with the assist. Yeah, with I the mean, assist, that goal doesn't right. happen without that Holtz pass. Yeah, exactly. So um, he basically put that game away. 
Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with him moving forward because I think he's. I don't think Ruff is still like 100% confident in giving him, uh, you know, top nine minutes yet. But uh, for the Red Wings game, at least, that was great to see and uh, you know, help put it away. Um, Vanacek was really good. So they got the two points in that game. They had to. Um, that's not a game you, have, you can lose, um, especially since now that we know that they lost to the Blues. So, um, yeah, big time performance. Uh, good to get two points and kind of like, I guess. I don't want to say stop the bleeding because they did get a point against the Hurricanes and were coming off a win against the Penguins too. So that was what five points in six games or five, yep, five and six. six yep. Yeah. So that was pretty good, but um, I guess more so keep the good momentum going from those two uh, appearances against uh, division rivals. Yeah, they kept the momentum going that game, and then and then Wednesday night came, uh, and the Blues came to town. I, I, you know, this they should have won this game, and they were playing like they were going to win this game. You, you know, you, you felt like they just had that that confidence, like, hey, we're going to ultimately win this game one way or another. Um, but it was just a combination of some lazy plays and poor defense that led to the breakdowns and ultimately losing this game. I mean, it the, the Cairo goal was just laziness on Dougie Hamilton's part. I mean, it was an unbelievable redirection, but... Yeah, that was, that was nuts. Yeah, but, you know, Dougie could have stopped it if he was two strides ahead and actually just put a stick out there. Um, and, and it was also a poor clearance. They didn't get the puck out of the zone. Um, and we've seen that continually this year, even in the Rangers game yesterday in the Kreider goal. Couldn't get the puck out of the zone. They uh, cycled for probably, you know, a good minute and a half and ended up with a goal. Um, and it just seemed like this was dumb mistake after dumb mistake that, that kind of just lost this game for the Devils. Yeah, so, like, that first goal from Kairou was also an insane pass from Buchnevich. Like, like Bryce was saying, I think, uh, during the first intermission, like, that's, uh, connecting on that pass is not an easy thing to do. So, I guess you just, you know, that's what good players do. This Sometimes they just make plays. That I, I know the d- defense, I think it was the Siegenthaler-Hamilton pair that got caught behind on that play. They got caught a lot that game. Yeah, yeah they, did, they did not have a good game. Um, they didn't have a good game against the Red Wings either, to be honest, but they came away. With and they were a little shaky yesterday. And and then I think Lindy decided to split up the lines. I think you tweeted about it, and Dougie went with uh, Nikita, and Jonas went with Severson, I believe. Yeah, he was moving around a lot of stuff in the third period. I didn't really pay too much. Uh, it was tough to keep track of the lines because every yeah. it seemed like every shift there was just a, a new, you know, he was just putting them into the blender and hoping for the best. Yeah, I wasn't even really paying attention to the defense pairs that much. I was kind of like trying to see what happened, was going on with the forwards because he was moving them around so much. Um, and they were not getting too Igor Shesterkin at that point. So, um, but yeah, that Blues game, uh, you know. I mean, they outshot like- him by 20. They won the faceoff circle by 30%. I mean, it was, it was lopsided and they just couldn't finish. I mean, I, I could, I texted you during the game. I was like, is, is Tatar going to finish one of these opportunities in the slot? Granted, Binghamton robbed them a couple times, but if you're getting four or five slot opportunities a game, one's got to go in, right? Like that's on you to put that in. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, Binnington, I don't I don't know what the hell got into him in that game, but he was very good. And the Devils did manage to get three goals still, but they should have gotten more with the chances that they were creating. Um, and I think the frustration from that game probably is not as bad since they pulled off the win against the Rangers. But 
uh, the Blues, I mean, without Tarasenko and Ryan O'Reilly, that's not a game that... um, Without it's it's even more so without Ryan O'Reilly, the captain, the number one C. Like you got to win that game, especially if you're getting another two goal performance by Jack. And and the thing is, is you know Lindy's always like, well, that line's producing. We we really don't want to touch it. It's like yeah, but that line could produce even more. Like I'm not even satisfied with that because yeah, Jack's getting his goals, but he should have a lot more assists because his two wingers should start to finish some of the layups that he gives them. Yeah, and he did, I think, get that at the end of the Rangers game, which we'll get into in a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Blues game, I guess, you know, that's not... That's, I, didn't, I didn't think of Kira Schmid was... He definitely wasn't great. But he he, really he probably wants one either. or two of those back. I think yeah, he, wants, he I think wants it was the, the third one, right? That went right yeah. to his legs? Mm-hmm, yeah, the third one, even though it was a bad defensive breakdown, I think, from Kevin Ball, uh, that's still a save you need there because it was straight through the five hole. And I'm sure and he it, knows that. And, you, and you're starting the third period tied, and then you just give up that easy one to start off the third, and then you're then you're playing catch up from there. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it was a um, tough result. I think the Blues game is like you can accept that as a Devils fan if you're, you know, you're already winning like five of seven or if you're on a good streak. But this team was, you know, starting to try and stop the bleeding, and this is a perfect game to to continue that momentum out of the Red Wings, and they just they just fell flat on their face, unfortunately. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and it's like it, the frustrating thing about that game too was that it's not like they played poorly, and we've seen that a lot over the last month where they're outplaying teams and they just can't find a way to get a win. Um, that's the frustrating thing about it. Like they were clearly the better team. I thought, I actually thought St. Louis was terrible. They may had a ton of defensive breakdowns. Uh, they gave up a ton of shots, as you said before, the Devils had 39 shots on goal that game. I mean, at five on five, it, the shot attempts were like 55 to 25, something ridiculous like that. And the Devils got a lot of quality off those shot attempts too. So yeah, it almost makes you think as if, and I hate to say this, but if, if, if Blackwood actually played that game, you know, maybe they actually win it. Yeah, I'm. I don't dis- like it. That's a tough thing to say because you just really never know with uh, goalies. But yeah, I, I think that's definitely possible if Blackwood plays because he's had a couple of good starts since coming back. Even though he had the, the really bad one against the Bruins, but he was really good against the Hurricanes. Even though he gave up four goals, the Hurricanes just you know they're putting shots on everyone these days. Look what they did to Nashville the other day. Even though Soros, they they put on sixty seven shots on Soros, they still lost somehow, which is insane. Um, well, that was the same night when we outshot the. The Blues, too. That was the same night, right? Yeah, yeah. so and, I, I think Liam uh, McHugh posted, you know, this is hockey, and then it was the two shot stat lines from those two games. Yeah, and that's the funny thing. The Devils weren't even the team that got goalied the worst that night. It was the, the Canes got goalied, the, like, double worse. So mm-hmm. um, Good for the yeah, Preds, though. I mean, that the follow-up pe- uh, Pecorine with uh, Saros, Yuri yeah, Saros. It's yeah, it's yeah, pretty he, impressive. That's almost yeah, as good as Lundqvist to Shosturkin. Yeah, it's um, definitely a good one for them. So, you know, Blues game, it is what it is. They couldn't come away with the win. Obviously, they should have, um, and that's what made the Rangers game so important. So, so important. So should we transition to that game? Because that was just pure electric. Yeah, so it wasn't, you know, it was... It took a while to get to that electric point. The first uh, two periods were very, very frustrating. Um, And, And the building was quiet after the... I think it was the Julian Gauthier goal. Yeah, that was uh, the one that put the Rangers up to nothing. Yeah, and then um, luckily, like six minutes later, they had the ultimate. Who 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 passed that? 
that's Barkley Goodrum. Barkley ba- Goodrum. Yeah, Barkley. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The fourth line, the fourth liner that gets four mil a year. Um, so let, let, let's 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 dive right into this game. I thought the Devils had a great start. I thought they were playing really well. Um, you know, obviously the Jimmy VC goal is not the ideal start. Um, and you know, you probably want to stop that. It was, it was a weird Jimmy VC goal. I mean, we saw it when he was on the devils. Sometimes he just pulls out stuff out of a hat. Um, and it looks like he did, did with that one, but they rebounded nicely. I thought they had plenty of shot generations. Uh, Shesterkin stood tall for the first two periods. I thought he played really well. He had good movement. Um, and, and then it was like one of those games you're like, yeah, we're freaking r- blowing the doors off the Rangers here. We're playing really well. We're out shooting them, out attempting them, and just not getting anything to show for it. And then finally something clicked in the third period and off to the races they went. Yeah, that was pretty much – that was a pretty good sum of the game. It just – it took a while for the Devils to get through. And, you know, we've, like, we've seen over, like, the past month they have these games where they just don't break through or they do break through and it's too late. But it wasn't too late yesterday. It was almost um, too late because, I mean, what, Brad didn't close, score yeah. until about 11 minutes left? I think, yeah, it was um, around 11, 12 minutes left in the third period. That just ridiculous one-timer on the power play. Um, oh, man, that was Danik- a sweet, sweet shot. And, and and it's important because I know Brad's had these two goal games over the past week, but we really need to get him going at the clip he was at the beginning of the season if we're going to keep winning some games here. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a little bit, too, how they need to get some more secondary scoring. I mean, I know Jack's on pace for 53 goals after yesterday, but you know he's going to go through a little bit of a goal drought at some point, too. So, like, other people are going to have to get it going here. Um, well, but, I think you yeah. should. I think it would also be fair to throw Nico in there because Nico's no slouch. I mean, he's he's been the second best scorer on this team recently. Yeah, he had um, what goals in like five straight before yesterday, right? Yeah, so, goals in um, five assists, and he even picked up a big assist. Uh, he was the one that set up Bradder. Yeah, yeah, he got the primary assist on that. So, um, yeah, it was a huge. I think the you could feel the momentum shift a little bit when Brat scored that goal because what? Jack oh yeah, a couple you, you, minutes after that, right? Well, so yes and no, right? So I think they scored the Bratter, and you're like, all right, good, game on, let's do this. Yeah. Um, there were, I think there was two shifts right after the Brat goal that had me a little concerned. I was like, all right, the Rangers like had him hemmed in a little bit. VTech came up with some big saves there, and then after that, it was it was. Let's go. We're, we're going to get this third. It almost felt like the third was inevitable at a certain point because they were they were really hemming the Rangers in. The Rangers looked lost, um, and they were having some bad turnovers. I know Hala had a breakaway. Uh, I mean, listen, that does, I mean, you can give him a breakaway every shift and he still wouldn't score. But still, you could. You, you, my point is, you could see the momentum turning. Uh, Boquist had a, an unbelievable zone entry and rip that got blocked. Um, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, right. Like he 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 skated to the neutral zone after a defensive puck win. Um, so you you could feel it coming, and then and then you know, of course, who else? Right, Jack. Yeah. And the thing is, too, I think the with the momentum shifting a little bit, you could, the crowd really got back into it after. Well, it was it was almost like a European soccer game, right? Where it was it was. Listen, I know we were home, but and 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 I don't want this to come off wrong or anything like that. But it was almost you had the dueling chance, right? And you rarely get that in hockey because it's usually just you know eighty twenty or ninety ten. But this is very unique uh, to the Devils, Rangers, Islanders 
this whole tri-state area where it's only at most, I mean, now it's a little bit more to get out on the island, but you know, it's, it's, it's 20 miles at most to each arena. Right. And, and you can really get some good dueling chance and it. And it's really a special thing for the NHL. Yeah. I, the, I thought one of the coolest parts of the game yesterday, especially when it got tied back up with three threes and you had the dueling chance going. And like I said, it wasn't there obviously, but just even hearing it on TV, was pretty nuts you heard the, the two fans going back and forth for what's well i think jack described it in his and, and jack described it in his post-game interview he's like we don't even know what they were saying it was just screaming at that point yeah, yeah he said people were just yelling um which is I awesome after, like like if you're a player regardless of what team you're on that just juices you up yeah he said i think after the tying goal that uh, he didn't even know what was going on in the arena he just heard like everyone yelling um so that's and then after that yeah the crowd was nuts um, I watched on if you go on YouTube, Sportsnet has the whole overtime period you can watch there, and I watched it uh, obviously because I wanted to see Stevenson's goal again. But then you also hear the crowd noise during overtime was absolutely insane. There weren't even yeah. a chance; it was just loud as hell in Prudential Center. Yeah, um, especially when I think it was Mika when he he went zone he to zone and he yeah. he he uh, roofed um, not roofed. Um, he just went wide with that in overtime. You're talking about, right? yeah. He had a couple opportunities. Missed, where I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. I was a little scared there for a second because Mika can skate. He's got yeah. you know all the skill in the world, and he's, he's proven to be a great finisher. So uh, I was a little surprised that he he probably had three or four golden opportunities. I was like, oh, that that probably should have went in. Yeah, he missed in that quite a few times. Yes, yeah, so that like Vanacek didn't even have to make saves, and like Vanacek didn't even get a piece of that overtime. Like he just missed it wide. Yeah, that was a good foot above the bar. Like after watching the replay, I was a little shocked. Yeah, so you know, whatever. Obviously, you'll take it. Hundred um, percent. Yeah, hundred percent. I'll take it. The Devils definitely deserve the result out of that game because, like, it was good to come back from where they were and just to get a point out of that. But the fact that they got the second point too, and it gives them a little breathing room for the time being in a really tight metropolitan division. I don't think there's any debate that this is probably the best division in the NHL this year. Um, you best, I mean, like it's not even close. I mean, the Pacific's a joke. The central's uh, the central's a little tight, right? Um, but and Atlantic's got three really good teams, but after that, like there's a, a big drop off after whoever's in third place in the Atlantic. Is that is, Canada, well, I think it's right? probably yeah because yeah, it's your usual suspects in the Atlantic. It's Toronto, yeah. Boston, and Tampa, and then you know Florida's dropped off considerably. Ottawa's not what everyone thought yeah. they Buffalo's were going to be. Buffalo's playing well right now, but I like I don't. You can't hold a cart like they're not a to the level. Of See, you, yeah, Buffalo in any other season, I think Buffalo would have you know been sniffing the wild card, but it's just tough how because you you probably will get five teams out of the metro which is absurd yeah it depends what happens with the penguins and islanders um you know they're both and the caps bit. yeah the, the caps um they're getting backstrom and wilson back so i think they're gonna be okay and kemper has been very good for them um so like yeah this obviously all affects the devils um to get um you know the two if the devils can stay out of the wild card fight then i think that's that's huge because that wild card fight's gonna get nasty I, you know, uh, it's between yeah. the Islanders, uh, Penguins, Capitals, and let's just throw in the Sabres for argument's sake right now. That's going to be a tight battle. Yeah, and, you know, especially since the Penguins kind of felt a very weird team. They've gone on some crazy streaks this year, both winning and losing. Right? Didn't they just right get now. housed on, like, a road trip? Like, they lost all four or something like that? Yeah, or four or five? something like that. They're not playing well right now. Um, so they've kind of fallen back into the wild card race um, right now, and the Devils are like, 
I think seven points up on that wild card race or like nine points up even. They just need to keep that distance. Don't get dragged into that. Don't get dragged into that. Yeah, so that's why I get in the second point yesterday was huge. Put some three points up on the Rangers for the time being and then I guess three points back of the Hurricanes as well. Um, no, put them up two points on the Rangers, right? Because they were only on up a oh, they right. were only they up a point, point yesterday. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's right. And I, I, I mean, they can gain a little bit of ground here with the Hurricanes game on Tuesday on them. So if they get a yeah, that, and and the Hurricanes have dropped two two in a four, row I th- or three or four in a row. I think three, yeah, and they barely yeah. beat us. So yeah, I mean, let's go in there. Let's let's go get that win. We're good on the road. Go beat that Hurricanes team. That's a huge game on Tuesday. Yeah, so that's why, you know, just the way the Rangers game unfolded at the end, too, they're going to be coming off a really, they're going to be some good vibes um, with that team going into the game on Tuesday. And, you know, they have a couple days off to kind of just resettle a little bit after the high of that win against uh, the Rangers. But yeah, we're getting... a good team skate tomorrow. Um, and, 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 you know, and, and I thought Pallad actually played pretty well in that game yesterday. I thought he was yeah, driving I... the play on that first line. And, and, and it's kind of weird because I listened to Lindy's post-game interview. I'm not sure if you caught that one yet. But yeah. he he mentioned that he thought Palat played better in the first game and that usually it's the second game that the player has the drop-off. Uh, I, I would actually kinda, agree with that. What, what would you say? I agree with that. Yeah, I thought he was better in the Blues game. He said it's going to take uh, – Plot like a few games like you don't just miss that much time and just kind of go back into it he said it's going to take some time for him to get back into it yeah no I I agree it will take time to get back especially after surgery any type of surgery but I would I think I would disagree I thought he played better in the Rangers game I thought they had more opportunities I thought he was doing a great job on the four check I thought in the first two periods that that first line was the best line outside of Jack right it was the best line for them and and create the most opportunities they were just having you know, tip, bad puck luck, I thought, but, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I don't disagree with that, but he did. After the the Rangers scored that third goal, he, that was when the Heischer brat Palat line was um, on the ice for, and he broke him up after that. I don't really think Palat played too much after that. He didn't. He he sat him for a little bit, and I don't – I think maybe it was just a minutes thing, but um, – because I don't think Palat deserved to be sat. There wasn't like a play or something that I was like, oh, that's a, that one's on no, Palat. I think he just wanted to put Tatar back with Brad. Because he finished – Lindy finished the game with Brad I think Palat was on the third or fourth line after that. He was playing him with uh, Boquist, I think. Yeah, so Lindy finished the top – was the top six of Brat. He sure Tatar yesterday. And then he had Sharon Govich, Hughes, and Mercer as the second line. So I'm kind of hoping he sticks with that. I wanted to bring that up as part of the Rangers game too. You know, that the, the game-tying goal – um, from Hughes was with Sharon Govich and Mercer as his line. Oh my goodness. And we've been harping on this for a while. Put those kids together because to me, it seems like Tatar is a big enough veteran that he will play his game on whatever line he's at, right? Like obviously yeah. he'll get more chances next to Jack and Nico, but he will still play that, that nose to the ground type of game, which we need from him. But do that on a third line with Hala and Boquist or someone and give me Sharon Govich and Mercer with Hughes who who need Hughes to pull them along and give them confidence. But they have uh, the skill and speed to play with him. Yeah, and the thing is too, like, you know, there was a leftover question from the Q&A last week. Um, let me just put it up. I didn't pull it up on my computer because it's I'm lazy and it's the morning. But um, there was a question about the secondary scoring that we didn't get to. Um, last week, let me see, come on, load Twitter for once. We're doing a legacy mailbag right now? 
Sort of, because uh, it ties into the Rangers game. So, like, the Devils haven't really had any secondary scoring since, I guess you could go, oh, yeah, to December 1st. And it, it does look like a major um, problem at this point. So, you know, this outside is another... of Outside of the Red Wings game. Yeah, because uh, then you got Holtz and McLeod scoring uh, in that game. Um, but, like, that's part of the what re- – that's part of the argument for moving Halla down uh, to the bottom six. It's not even that he plays poorly with Hughes. It's that, like, first of all, you have to score at some point to keep your spot on that line with Jack. And, you know, Sharon Govich and Mercer have a good history with a Hughes as a trio. So, And we know Sharon Govich can score goals with Hughes. Like, maybe he's not ever going to be, like, a 30-35 goal scorer, but we know he can be good for, like, 20 to 25 a season. Um, so if you put him with Hughes and I, Mercer as well, I think, I, I'm pretty sure Mercer just kind of by accident got the primary assist on that game tying goal because Graves' point shot hit him and it just kind of deflected to Hughes. Um, so I think you have to stick with that trio going into the Carolina game because it should lead to more secondary scoring. Like I, I and Ruff said after the Blues game, someone asked him about why. I think it was James Nichols asked him. Asked Ruff after the Blues game, why does Hall remain on Hughes' line? And he, Lindy was like, well, you look at the chances they're creating and stuff like that. And you're like, they scored a couple goals. And like, yeah, not wrong about that. But like, only but Jack scored, scored those goals. <laughs> Jack is the only one scoring the goals on that line. So like, I, it's not going to matter. Jack is going to score goals on whatever line he is. Like, and the thing seriously. Is, Bottom six has stunk for so long that I think you're putting Halla as the third line center, which was kind of well. And then the other arguments like, well, Halla wins all these faceoffs for Jack. Yes, he does. But at the same same line, if you have Sharon Govich, Mercer, and Hughes on a line together, that's three three players that could take a faceoff. You know that 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 you know have faceoff ability. You know to take, and you got to do it. And even if they don't win the faceoff, Jack and Dawson are great at stealing the puck. And, like, the thing is, too, with the face-offs is, like, I don't care if it results in more possession. Like, Jack's line is always going to have possession. It doesn't matter. Like, maybe you're going to go from, like, I don't know, like, 59 possession to, like, 55 or something like that. You should be and you can always and you can always, you know, then just don't, don't put Jack's line out for an important defensive face-off then. Just go yeah. put someone else out. Whatever it is, or have Sharon Govich or Mercer take the draws. I don't know. It's it, but it really doesn't matter. Like they're gonna they're gonna possess the, the puck no matter what with Jack on the ice because that's what he does. And if it, you have to sacrifice a little bit of possession to get more scoring, then do it by putting Sharon Govich and Mercer there. So I think that should be the game plan going in. And uh, it was Tom who asked this question in the uh, uh, on Twitter about the secondary scoring. Tom so, from Naples? Uh, no, not Tom from Naples. Different Tom. If Tom from Naples is on Twitter, that would be news to me. So um, I'll have to check in. Come back on yeah, that one. Yeah. So we'll check. Yeah. Report back to me on that one. But um, yeah. So I hope Lindy sticks with it because I think, first of all, having like a third line of like I don't know, let's say Mileswood, Halla, and Zetterland or something would be pretty good. I think. Um, and then you have like uh, you have your. Um, Fourth, I'm definitely screwing something up here with the line combinations. But if you have, well, like, yeah, I mean, I, if, it, if it's anything, you just have a Hala Tatar Boquist, or you know, you can you can put the bottom six in a blender. Who cares? Because they're not doing anything right now anyway. So switch it up. 
That's what I'm saying. And if you put Hala in the bottom six, I think they would do something because he has been a pretty good player aside from like the great whole four checker, great face off. Like he's a great gritty player, which yeah. which is what you want for your third line center. That's why you got him to be your third line center. Even with only one goal in like his last like 21 or 22 games or whatever, he still has like 11 points. So like he's, you know, he's at least racking up assists. And uh, I think the, the line. Well, that's a byproduct of just being close to Jack. Yeah, but I mean, at least he's getting the assist. And like, you know, I think if you put him at your as your third line center, the, the lineup would be so much deeper. Um, like, I think you're better trotting off uh, a bottom six with Holland and McLeod as your um, centers instead of Boquist as a center. Like, I think Boquist should probably, I think Boquist has an argument to stay in the lineup because he's been good defensively and he's a very good underrated four checker. But I think you just move him to the wing with McLeod and whoever else is on that line, maybe Miles Wood, I don't know. But you need to get Hala uh, in there as the third line center because I think uh, the lineup just gets so much deeper that way. And I think depth scoring would improve with him as the third line center. Completely agree. Completely agree. All right. Should we move into your favorite section of the week, Alex? Yeah, um, you know, I think sources were telling me we're doing something a little different this week. I think we might do a combo stat attack. All right, here we go. Uh, the fisherman actually did some research this week, a.k.a. just went to CJ's uh, timeline on Twitter. Um, so shout out to CJ for sourcing a lot of this. But I think uh, stat attack this week is going to be dedicated to the one and only Jack Hughes, uh, his performance over the past two to three weeks has just been nothing short of extraordinary, something uh, a devil's organization has never seen before. Maybe the likes of a Patrick Eliash or a Taylor Hall. Um, but this, this is truly something special, especially from a goal scoring perspective. The last player to score, uh, at this rate for the New Jersey Devils was Alexander Mogilny. Um, so let's, let's just get into it. Jack. Hughes currently leads the NHL, not just the Devils or any team in the Atlantic or Metro, the NHL in war, game score, GAR, and he's second in expected GAR. He accounts for 13.3% of the points, uh, which is 14th in the NHL. He then contributes 18.2% of goals, which is 11th in the NHL on a team perspective. He also has eight goals in five games and 19 goals in 20 games. Wow. Uh, I don't yeah, think, one yeah, wow. I don't think, um, I, I, I think we all knew Jack was good, but we didn't think he was I mean, maybe we did, or we had hopes, but uh, this is this is super, super, superstar level right now with some of these statistics, and still isn't even getting a, getting any consideration for the heart, which maybe will change in the coming weeks. But Alex, let, let break this down for us. What does this mean? Uh, so it means he's really goddamn good. Uh, so like wins above. I mean, if you follow baseball, you're probably familiar with WAR. It's wins above replacement. So it's how many wins. Uh, uh, Jack adds to the team compared to the, that's a that's player. a big like Mike Trout stat right Mike Trout has dominated war for the past decade in baseball yeah do you have the specific number that uh in for more did CJ post that or he just says he's first in war Alex now you're asking for too much nah, I can right. pull that up I know where to get that from so I won't evolving hockey I'm guessing 
Yeah, exactly. So let me just pull that up. Take so his war is 2.9 and his I gar know. is 17.3. Absurd. And just just for like reference, like for war, let's just give a couple other big names in the league. Leon Dreisaitl is 16th. Tage Thompson, who is the the darling of the league right now, 24th. Jason Robertson, 31st. The Thrill Kirill Kaprizov, 70th. Sidney Crosby, Sid the Kid, 119th. So hopefully that gives some perspective to how ridiculous Jack Hughes is. Yeah, I mean, so 2.9 war. He's been good basically for three additional wins this season, which is a lot. That's six extra points. And if you look at the standings for a right team now, sport, for, yeah. for someone that, you know, for, for a game that has, you know, 20 players on the ice each night. Yeah. So like in that six points, if you look at the Metropolitan division standings would make a pretty big difference. So yeah, he's been ridiculous in that aspect. Um, goals above replacement, same concept. Um, how many goals he adds to a team compare, uh, compared to a replacement level player? And he's so that's seventeen seven. goals. That's absurd. Yeah. Seventeen. A, yeah, Mark Stone is in second for comparison's sake, and he's at fourteen point eight. So he even has a little bit of cushion on Mark Stone. There's some interesting names here, like Josh Morris. He's been having a ridiculous season offensively. Josh um, Morris. He's on the Jets. Yeah, and he's a defenseman, and he's been worth thirteen point nine goals above. Uh, replacement and then you know you got austin matthews and connor mcdavid who are in the top 10 as well uh, matthews is at 12 and mcdavid's at 11.9 so it's about the same and matthew kachuk is right there as well um so yeah i mean that's how ridiculous jack has been this season and then expect the goals above replacement is just what you're expected to have and that's that it's, it's like the same thing as same concept as expected goals so um, just kind of apply it the same way. And then game score, um, I think, is a stat maybe not everyone's as familiar with, but uh, it started as like an NBA thing. And then Dom at The Athletic, I'm not going to even try to pronounce your last name, Dom, I'm sorry, but um, he kind of came up with the model for the NHL game score. Um, and it's an all-encompassing stat that takes into account traditional and advanced stats. So it'll take into account like shot blocks, shots on goals, stuff like that. But then it'll also have expected goals. Um, I think it takes account face-offs into account as well. Um, and then, yeah, obviously you'll have the ex- uh, points, goals, and assists. And then like expected goals and maybe shot attempts, but I'm not sure on that last one. So it's like an all-encompassing stat that kind of measures a player's total value for a single game. And uh, yeah, I, you can get that. I actually had someone in my mentions last night asking me where you get that stat. You can get it from hockey stat cards. They use Dom's model and they just kind of put it in pretty visual stuff. It makes it a little easier to read and understand. Uh, they post the the game scores for each game uh, across the NHL after word on Twitter every night. So if you're looking to like learn And you retweet a lot of that stuff too, yeah, right? I do Alex. a lot. Yeah, I do a lot of the time, uh, especially after games. I retweet a lot of the stuff from hockey stat cards. So if you're interested in learning a little bit more about game score, that'd be a good place to do it. Um, there's a lot yeah. of these. There's a lot of these Twitter accounts that you follow that give a lot of these these stats, and I think they definitely deserve some shout outs. I know um, the, the stat cards one is another. Evolving hockey is yeah. another. Money puck, money puck. stat trick. You know, those are like the uh, those are like your main sources for NHL advanced stats. So um, shout out to them and definitely give them a follow because they put out some great great content. 
Yeah, and if you can, like, because I obviously need it for my writing, so it's a little different. Like, I pay um, to, just like, small fees that the, do their Patreons or whatever like that. Um, but, like, if you can support them somehow, you know, to make sure that they keep running uh, that the way they do, because they are really useful uh, tools for NHL, not just writers, but just fans who kind of maybe want to learn a little bit something different about the game, too, so um but yeah i mean so just getting it back to jack i mean yeah he's leading you know he's leading in all of these uh stats and uh a lot of it has to do probably with him having what 19 goals in his last 20 games or whatever you mentioned before um but yeah he's been ridiculous this season the devils would still be like a decent team without him but they would definitely not be second place right now so um crazy uh what he's done so far and we're just about to hit the halfway point of the season here in the next couple of games i think we'll hit it this week if i'm not mistaken Um, i think like the craziest this week yeah so i think the craziest thing is is that if he actually had some wingers that could put the puck in the net like yeah he'd probably have more assists yeah yeah like his point total would be up there top in the league almost or competing because it just seems like yeah he's figure out the scoring and you know shout out to dom because he had this great tweet uh january 16th of 2021 yes we're talking two years ago here Almost, almost two years ago, yeah. yeah. Um, once Jack Hughes learns how to finish, it's over for everyone. Yes, Dom. Yes, uh, Jack Hughes has learned how to finish, and it is over for everyone. I think I think the one last thing that I wanted to touch on with Jack, and this is outside of stats, and this is this is as a New Jersey Devils fan. Yesterday when he <laughs> scored that time tie uh, game tying goal, he, he took the logo, he pointed to it, he was going in the fans. I don't remember the last time we've had a player that dedicated to the state of New Jersey, to this franchise, to this organization. You see that a lot in in world football or soccer um, where, you know, they'll score and they'll point to the badge. You don't see it in a lot of American sports. And as a Devils fan yesterday, that got me so hyped. You know, that's going to be the gift going forward for Jack Hughes now. Um, because, you know, as a small market team, you draft someone first overall, and how many times have you seen that player ask for a trade or leave or something like that? And, and, and this, is, this is something where you see him really, really leaning into the organization, and you love to see it. Yeah, especially now that they're winning games too, it just makes it so much better. So yeah, and against your rivalry, game. right? Like against your biggest rival, yeah, biggest you're rival. like, yeah, yeah, let's go. Point to point yeah. to the point to the yeah. sweater. It was it was an awesome moment. I yeah. really that that had to, that had to be pointed out. Yeah, for sure. All right, now let's move into my favorite section of the week, Devil's Dungeon. All right, Alex, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, so I thought of going a couple of different ways here, um, but I think I just want to, like, Lindy, I don't really have an issue with what Lindy Ruff has done coaching for the most part this season, but I just, I think the stubbornness of keeping Eric Halla uh, on Hughes' line, um, yeah, I'm not going to put Halla in the Devil's Dungeon because it's not his fault, um, but I think I'm going to put Ruff for just keeping him there a little bit too long, and I think, um, I think he finally got it at the end of the Rangers game, like, he put Sharon Govich and Mercer together, and I'm hoping he sticks with that moving forward. Um, just because I think it'll help the Devils' depth. Um, and, you know, they did come back and they did score a goal with that trio on the line uh, out on the ice. So, um, putting rough, we're just kind of sticking with Halla um, on Hughes' wing too long. And I have to go back and listen to it. Um, but I think Dmitry Filipovich talked a little bit about it on the, one of the recent Hockey PDO casts. 
uh, this week. He was just kind of like, you know, he kind of like, apparently said he was like sick. Um, of just like seeing Paula kind of like float some of these chances with Hughes and just kind of like put someone else there for the love of God. So, um, yeah, I think I'm hoping Lindy realized that he should probably stick with Sharon Govich and Mercer there. And, you know, it's, I think it's kind of a minor gripe in the whole scheme of things because it's not like Paula has just played poorly like i've mentioned so many times uh with hughes he's just not putting the puck in the back of and the, the thing net, is you know? it's not like hollow's a passenger right like we've had no, so many not. seasons yeah. where we've just had passengers on this team and maybe there's a few over the past couple weeks um that we've had issues but we've you know Hollow's not a passenger it's just that he just doesn't have the skill level to be up there with jack um, yeah, I agree with that too. Or finishing, fin- sorry, yeah, it's finishing, finishing. finishing yeah. Doesn't have the finishing to be with Jack. I think Hall has been a great addition, and I know all I hear on Twitter and see on Twitter is Pavel Halla, Pavel Halla, this, that, and the other thing. And shout out to RJ in Sparta. That's all he texts me. But Halla is. I'm still convinced Halla is better than than Pavel Zaka in many facets of the game. Maybe Zaka can finish better, but I'm still – maybe not. I don't know, but, yeah. like, Hala, Hala is a better penalty killer. He's better from the dot. He's, he brings winning. Like, he's been in winning organizations that have made deep runs, and maybe we're not seeing that on the ice night in night out, but we aren't in the locker room. We don't see that veteran leadership. And for one thing, Hala gives a shit. Hala gives a shit, right? Yeah, he, you can see it. He, and there was plenty of games where I'm like, Pavel does not care, does not want to be on the ice tonight. You can tell Hala wants to be on the ice every night. Yeah, and I think like with Hala too, it's like he's not a, he's like an 11 percent shooter for his career. Like he's, I don't think he can can continue shooting like 2.5 percent or whatever he is right now. Like I think it's gonna he's just gripping the stick too hard. He's just gripping yeah. the stick too hard. You yeah, know, I think in his head at this point. Yeah, and I think if you bump him down the lineup, he won't feel that pressure to that's score. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's why I think it's better for him, too, if you move him to, like, the third-line center. It's like, okay, I'm the third-line center now. Like, I can just kind of do what I'm supposed to do here. So that's why I'm throwing Ruff in the dungeon for that. I think he's just been a little too stubborn with that, and I'm hoping he got the message, but we'll find out when they play the Canes on Tuesday. Yeah, and, I, and honestly, for, for a Canes lineup that likes to get up and down the get up and down the ice, you almost want that line of Sharon Govich, Mercer, and Hughes because they can fly with them. Yeah, and especially since last time the Devils played the Canes in Carolina, not the game last week. Last time they played in Carolina, they got goalied to death by Kochetkov. You're going to want to try to find some scoring. Now Kochetkov's Kochetkov. never going to make like an NHL start again. Yeah, well, he was pretty bad against the Rangers earlier this week. Yeah, he was awful. That was pretty rough. Um, so, we'll see. All right, uh, my submission of the week, and without surprise, and you know this player's played great all season. It's just he's had a he's had a real tough week. Uh, without surprise, uh, I'm gonna go with Dougie. Uh, I know he's had a goal and some assists this week, but some of his defensive performances in the Blues game and even against the Rangers um, were very concerning. Um, listen, the I know these are a problem. The penalties were a problem. Yeah. Lack, usually his lack of defense makes up with just how long he is and wiry, and he can poke check and make plays. And Usually he's there. Just for this week, he was just out of position on too many plays for me. Uh, I thought he was the reason for at least two or three goals, uh, not for the Devils, against the Devils. Um, so yeah, Dougie, sorry. I know your your points are there, but the defense really needs to step up uh, if they're going to continue getting out of this rut. 
Yeah, and Ruff was pretty critical of him after the... As critical as Ruff has been about a player uh, in his tenure, I feel like. Yeah, it was, uh, he was pretty tough on him, so... And he... I mean, obviously, you you need more out of your star players. That's probably why he was critical of him. But, um, yeah, it's a good one for the dungeon, too. He's, that was one person I was considering as well, so... Yeah, and I mean, listen, you can even go the other way with his defensive partner. It's not like Jonas Siegerthaler yes, had a Siegerthaler's great week. Siegerthaler's had a tough week, too, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, if retroactively let's put the top defensive pair uh, yeah. in the dungeon because both of them really spotty week for them yeah I agree alrighty let's move into um, the next section of our podcast and that is the three stars of the week um, listen I think we're both going to have the same first star for the third week yeah. in a row it's, it's not it, a difficult one yeah it's not tough especially after our stat attack section <laughs> um, yeah but I think everyone Alex, knows what's coming. Yeah, but I think everyone does know what's coming. But Alex, let, let's go with the third star. Who do you have as the third star this week? Yeah, so third star, I'm going with Vitek Vanacek. Uh, two Ooh, is that, is that two weeks in a row at third star? Mm, I either had him third or second last week. I can't. Yeah, remember. we'd have we'd have to, we'd have to go go to the tape, but yeah. So he was obviously really good against the Red Wings, and even though he gave up three goals against the Rangers, um, you know, I mean, he made some really really good saves, especially since when the Rangers got it going more so second half of the game and things kind of really opened up. Uh, Vanacek made some really clutch saves in the third period to at least get it to overtime. Um, uh, I thought he played really well um, that game too, and it's. I mean, it's kind of obvious at this point, unless Blackwood gets it going, like when Vanacek is in that, it just feels like the Devils got their best shot. It's 1-2. Like, it's 1-2. No, it's not 1-A. It's not 1-B. It's 1-2 now. Yeah. So like you got the little, you got the back-to-back at the end of this week coming up. Like that's, I think, the next time Mac gets a start here. But uh, yeah, Vanacek's playing, after going through a little bit of a rut of his own too, Vanacek's kind of even things out. I almost, give, I almost give Blackwood the start against the Docs. Yeah, I mean that's a game you should win no matter what. So, exactly um, right, and the Kings yeah. Kings are a decent team. I mean they're yeah, not they're pretty blow, good. Yeah, they're not blowing the doors off the league, but they're a good team. Yeah, so yeah, I agree with that. You probably give Mac the start against the Ducks, and then the Kings uh, to wrap up that back to back goes to Vanacek. But yeah, Vanacek's been really good. I think he's back up to like a nine fourteen save percentage after getting back down to nine oh eight. So he's even not even stabilized. Thing he's brought his back his play back up um i mean yeah he stopped really 32 or 33 against the red wings and then uh 31 yesterday right yeah yeah so yeah. He played a great game and he had yeah. some huge saves in both games that kept the like i don't think as i said earlier i don't think the detroit red wings score is a fair illustration of the game itself yeah he yeah he was the reason that game was 5-1 and not i don't know Five, three, three, two, maybe even three, a Red two. Wings win. Yeah, or even a Red Wings win. Yeah, they outshot us. They killed us in the dot. Um, so it was really the power play that won them that game. Yeah. All right. Um, so who? That's number two. Was that number that was three? Third start. Okay. Third let's start. let's. Uh, my third star of the week is actually going to be the Devils power play. Um, I thought the Devils power Shout play. Out CJ. Shout out CJ. Yeah, this one's right for you, buddy. Um, and please come on the pod soon. Um, so I think the power play was one uh, was two for three against the Red Wings, won the game against the Red Wings in my eyes. They that yeah, won the game. I agree. Um, and then against the Blues, they were one for four, still had one. Um, the the power play brought them back close in that game with the Nico one goal. One goal, yeah. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So um, and, and that's the other thing. These power play goals were timely. They weren't like, oh, we're already up three. Let's just 
clock in another one. These were timely power play goals. And even yesterday, the Brack goal. That, you know, that, that power play goal completely changed the game, got them right back in it. Uh, the power play against the Red Wings, that won them the game that got the scoring goal. It got them a goal when they really, at that point in the game, probably didn't deserve one. Um, so uh, shout out to the power play. Shout out to uh, to Bruno. Um, it, it's looking good. It's starting to, to, to capitalize. And that's what you're going to need in a long season. You're going to need special teams to win you the game. Just like the pa- penalty kill won the game against the Penguins a couple weeks ago, the power play won, won them, I think, two games this week. Yeah, and, you know, to, for a team that's had some finishing issues, I guess, over the last month, one way, a good way to break that is scoring some Builds confidence because you, yeah. you're getting good shots. You're getting good looks. Um, you know, obviously the five on three was a little disappointing against the um, the, the Rangers. Rangers but yeah. the, did they have a five on three against the Red Wings or was that the – The Blues. That's Blues. the one Nico's – I think Nico scored on the five on three there. Yep, yep. And they could have got a quick one after that, but they didn't. And, um, you know, and, and even I think they had a couple power play goals against the Hurricanes as well. Um, so uh, Yeah, I think so, but I have to go back on that. I, I have to go check. So, yeah, third star of the week power play for me. Who's a second yeah. star for you, Alex? So Nico Heischer is my second star of the week. You know, it's a timely uh, goal. It's just captain shit. That's how else I can describe it. Just captain shit. Yeah, a couple power play goals um, this week. He had the primary assist on Bratt's uh, power play goal against the Rangers. And, yeah, he's just doing some captain shit out there, just kind of being a leader. Um, been- penalty kills. Even even on the penalty kill, it's just like if I see Nico going up that wing, I'm like, he's got a chance. He's got a chance. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Nico's been really good this week. Um, gotta give it to him. Um, aside from Jack trying to find like other scoring has been tough, but Nico's been doing it. So second star for me. hundred percent, hundred percent. And for me, I think the second star of the week is going to be Alexander Holtz. Um, listen, Nico's numbers for sure. Like without a doubt could put him in the second star, but I think, and I think you tweeted this. This might be the start of something for Holtz. This is the first time this week that I actually saw him driving play. Uh, he didn't look a step behind. Like he looks I, more like, confident. Looks more confident with the puck. He he's making the right pass. He's driving play. I think um, even in the Blues game, I thought he had a great game. I just thought you know his linemen, his line mates, let him down a little bit. Um, so. It, it, Absolute rocket of a goal against the Red Wings. Um, really put that game away. So, yeah, I, I think Holtz deserves some credit because he's gotten a lot of heat over the first couple months of the season. Yeah, that's a good one. All right. Uh, <laughs> like, do we need to say, like, yeah, I mean, like, li- listen, listen, just, just, just go back to stat attack, and that's the reason Jack's uh, the number one yeah. star of the week. <laughs> Yeah, we're not rehashing anything on Jack. He's the first star of the week, and just if you want to go, it's pretty much a placeholder until 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 uh, until otherwise uh, stated. Yeah, yeah, if you want more on it, just go back ten minutes and listen because we're not rehashing it. Jack's the first star, and we explained why. Right? Yeah, exactly. So uh, keep it going, Jackie boy. Uh, yeah. Even Mrs. Even Mrs. Fisherman, she's like, that, is that Jack again? Because uh, yeah, is, yeah, yesterday, yesterday was. Um, was a uh, rare moment in the Fisherman household. I actually had the game on the big screen. I wasn't oh, resorted wow. to the you. smaller TV or my phone. Uh, so, 
Yeah. Make some exceptions for Devils and Rangers. I'm guessing. Yeah, you know, I actually had uh, a local Rangers fan come over for puck drop. Um, ah, I see. So, yeah, so he he saw the VC goal, uh, and then he had to leave because he refs local high school basketball around here. Oh, that's cool. Um, and, and, you know, it was kind of funny because after the game, I texted him. I was like, you almost don't want to go up two goals in the Devils-Rangers series. Yeah. Uh, each team that's had two goal leads this series has lost the game, which is kind of crazy. It's nuts. It's absolutely nuts, yeah. and it's made for an incredible revival of the Hudson River rivalry. Yeah. So, um, okay, shout out to Jack. That's that's our first star of the week, obviously. Now, um, I did get one question from RJ and Sparta. Uh, Alex, if you have some time, maybe we can yeah. uh, answer it. So yeah. it's it's more as as we approach the deadline, uh, trade deadline, um, who, who are your top three targets right now, and what do those packages look like? Uh, yeah, so obviously Timo Meyer is going to be, like, I guess the top everyone's trade board for the Devils. Um, the package for him, it's going to be expensive. You're going to have to give up a first-round pick. and maybe uh, You're going to have to give the equivalent uh, value of, like, two first-round picks and a top prospect to get him. Uh, it's not going to be cheap, but, you know, it's not like he's a rental. You, you get him and you... I know he's an RFA this uh, offseason, but you, he's under team control, so you'd be able to re-sign him, get him signed long-term. So it, it's probably worth the price that you'd have to pay for him. Uh, the thing is, like, I think we're going to get a little bit of a bidding war. Uh, do you, do, you, do him. you see him at a, a, a Jordan Cairo, a Rob Thomas, a Jason Robertson price tag? Yeah, like an 8 by 8 kind of thing. Yeah, probably. It'd be around there for sure. Um, but that would – I mean, if you got that, that locks up your – Top six for the foreseeable future. Yeah, as long as you get Brat re-signed long-term too. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's obviously a top. I th- the team's, I think, kind of like needs even uh, just a little bit of a different look. Uh, and some size. He's 6'3". Yeah. He's Swiss. It, it just sounds like the perfect marriage to me. Yeah, I think him and Nico are actually like legitimately great friends. Not like as more so than uh, Nico and Fiala were. Um, so... You know, we'll see what happens. Give me some Swiss connection, baby. Just give it to me. Just make other defenses look like Swiss cheese. I would love, I would love Dano to be all over that. And the Devils would have, and Siegenthaler too, of course. Don't forget that. So um, they would have to move some money out to get that done, uh, just because they're really tight on the cap. Um, I don't know how they could do that. I mean, obviously, you think about trading like Mackenzie Blackwood or Andreas Janssen to free up cap space, but you kind of need Blackwood right now. Um, unless you find another, if you find an, a goaltender at some point, um, like I, I, it would be interesting to see if they could, if they trade for Meyer, if they could also get James Reimer as a part of that package, because Reimer is a free agent this off season, so he could be like a rental backup goalie for you. Yeah, um, the problem, but, the problem with the Timo Meyer trade is, is you most likely can't get Severson in that trade, right? The, they probably w- won't be looking. To get, um, a they don't veteran. want a rental. Yeah, yeah, they don't want a rental and a veteran defenseman unless it's a sign and trade type thing. Maybe um, where you know, you know, Timo signs with the Sharks and and Damon signs with the Devils, and then and then you have a trade where they have a defenseman locked up because they're probably yeah. going to get rid of Carlson, right? They're they're definitely going to sell mm-hmm. Carlson. You don't no, think so? I don't think so. No, I think the contract is too problematic. Even if they retain, I don't think the Sharks are really too interested in retaining salary. And he has an eleven point five million dollar cap. It they're gonna have to wait, I think, a year or two until they um, 
So they can move get rid him. of him. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so if the Devils don't get Meyer, I think you kind of look at rental options like Max Domi, um, I think would be pretty good for this team. Just kind of shore up your scoring depth in the middle six. Uh, and James Van Riemsdyk as well. The problem with him is he has a $7 million cap hit. I know you. Players. I know you keep banging the drum for JVR, Jersey kid. This I, I, I want nothing to do with him. He's I don't really think good he. Still. He is, but he he's slow. Yeah, but he's power forward. You don't even need him to skate that well. You just need him to get in front of the net and score goals, which is kind of what he does. I guess so. he'd be a great third line winger. I guess maybe with that Hala Tatar. JBR. I mean, I can even see him on a line with like Nico or Tatar or something. He can. I. I know the skating may be an issue, but scares me. Uh, he definitely fits what the Devils need uh, as a rental. The problem great is on the power play. Just stick him in front of the net on the power play. Yeah, the problem with him is his $7 million cap hit. Um, You'd have, have to have the to Flyers get, eat some of that. They'd have to eat like all 50%, I think, for the Devils to make that work. And uh, I'm not really too uh, sure. If, if is this his last year? Yeah, he's a free agent. He'd be a rental. He's a free agent this uh, Yeah, this I, feel like, I feel like, yeah. Yeah, and then because, I'll go with a bonus one because I wrote about him recently. But Anthony Duclair makes a lot of sense if the Panthers decide to trade him too. It's just a matter of if his Achilles uh, is good to go because his thing is all about speed and skating. So he definitely fit what the Devils are looking to do, and he can score goals. But uh, you got to what's sure that cap hit looking like? Just three million dollars through the end of next season. So I don't think that really would be too much of an issue for the Devils. They could probably find a way to make that work. That's like almost just an upgrade at the Tatar uh, Janssen position. Yeah, exactly. So I think they can find a way to make that work. Yeah, if anything, like go like if you can't get the big fish in Timo, go make a Tampa Bay Lightning type of move. Go get a solid bottom six forward that will pot a few goals for you. You know, they went and added the kid out of. Uh, Chicago last year. Brendan Nagel. Uh, yeah. yeah for, He's for really co- popped this season, though. Top, playing top line minutes. It's so, so, yeah. I mean, listen, maybe you're not going to go find a Brandon Hagel, but in the same breath, right? Like, that's what yeah. the Tampa Bay Lightning have done the past couple seasons. They've went and really shored up their bottom six with a great player. Uh, they did it with Coleman a couple years ago. Um, they did it with Hagel last year. If they can go make that type of move where you get a goal scoring third third line winger if it's not Timo then uh, to me that that's the play yeah I agree with that because you know we mentioned the depth scoring before too like if you can't get like the big top end score at least you know you have like Jack Nico Brat you know maybe if you can get Mercer and Sharon Govich going to you know Plot's gonna come back like Plot had a couple goals before he got hurt right you know he was scoring yeah, that's what I was just about to say too. Like Palat's gonna get it going at some point too. So like if you can just get like maybe like a Max Domi or I'd have to go like take a look at the free agent list to see who else could be like potential rentals. But like if you could get some like Kuzmenko is someone who really interests me from Vancouver, but I think Vancouver wants to re-sign him. Um but like he's only he's on a entry level deal and since he was like a KHL free KHL free agent free agent. His cap is below a million dollars and he's a free agent this summer too. So like if the the um, Canucks decide to pull the trigger and move him. Kuzmenko makes a lot of sense, but we'll, that that would very much be like a Tampa Bay Lightning kind of move right there. Um, Bo Horvat? No, no way. Okay. I don't see it. Yeah, okay. I don't see it. Um, I mean, he's, he's lighting the lamp. That's all. That's the yeah. only reason I brought it up. He's like third in the league, in, third or fourth yeah, he, in the I mean, league. He's goals. shooting like twenty five percent. So, like, I could see him going to another team and just like the scoring completely drying up. I, I don't think he's really fit for what the Devils need as well. And he's a center. Yeah, I don't. I don't see Bo Horvat for the Devils. 
Figured I'd throw it out there. It's a little fun. Yeah, might as well. He's gonna. It looks like he's definitely getting traded. So. Oh, hundred percent. If they haven't yeah. signed him by now, he's gone. I mean, I feel like that. They they might just tear it all down. Yeah, they definitely need to do something to shake it up. In Vancouver. Well, it's kind of crazy because it's tough to tear it all down after you just give that monstrous deal to JT Miller. Yeah, you probably have to move out Horvat, and then you have to consider moving. Excuse me, moving out someone maybe like Garland or Besser or Kuzmenko or something. You just have to kind of shake things up, kind of a retool a little bit. Yeah. You can't rebuild. I mean, you have the goaltending. I know Thatcher hasn't been unbelievable this year, but he's still he's still in my eyes a good goalie. I think it's the team yeah. in front of him a little That's bit. That's what but, I was thinking, yeah. So, so you, you have some pieces there. Um, it just seems like they, they haven't put the jigsaw together yet. Yeah. All right, uh, Alex, let's, I know we've touched on it a little bit, but let's just uh, do a quick uh, look ahead at the week ahead. So we have Carolina on Tuesday, and then we have a back-to-back with the Ducks on the 13th and the Kings on the 14th. So we have a little Devils after dark on Friday and Saturday. So hopefully that will help the viewer uh, being weekend games. Uh, yeah. Alex, let's start with the game in Carolina. What uh, what, do you, what are you hoping for here? I They haven't played – like they haven't, even though they've lost both games against the Hurricanes, it's not like that they've gotten really outplayed um, by them like that significantly. You know, Carolina's on a bit of a after going on their own a heater of their own. They've lost, I think, three in a row. So Devils might have a little bit of uh, an opportunity here, especially since they're coming off a crazy win of their own. You know, ob- they won top the Hurricanes in the standings if they win, but they would make uh, get make things pretty tight. So. Two good teams who are playing each other. Uh, should be a good one. Um, expecting a tight game. It'll be interesting to see who Carolina starts at net. But uh, I think the Devils, It's they're, I don't want to say they're due against the Hurricanes, but there's definitely an opportunity for them to get a, a win against them. They've come close a couple times already. But I also think it's important we beat one of these big teams again, right? Like, you know, we, we had some big wins. We, we, we ran through... Canada, um, and you know we beat yeah, like the, the Rangers. Rangers one. That's obviously a good one. Yeah, yeah, we beat the Rangers. We beat the Isles. You know, we need to. You know, let let's go have a statement game against the Carolina. I mean, we've already lost both games to the Bruins, and arguably we probably should have won at least one of them. Um, yeah. and similar in the Hurricanes game, but you know, let's go get that victory because you know that'd be a nice statement win for the Devils because I think. A lot of the conversations around the league right now are, what are the Devils? And there was points in the game yesterday I was asking that myself. What are the Devils? Are they the team that went on a 13-game winning streak? Or are they the team that played as poorly as they did in the month of December? I think it's somewhere in between, probably, hopefully, closer to the 13-game winning streak. But I think this month will define a lot about who this team is. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree with that. Especially since they do, their schedule does get a little lighter here with this West Coast trip. So, except um, that last week of January uh, is not looking so fun. Yeah, but um, you know they've come away with some wins against like the Peng. I think I know the Penguins are in there again, and the Penguins are kind of yeah. It's Penguins, Knights. Well, even I mean the Kraken are a good team. So so the the end of January finishes with Kraken, Pens, Knights, Preds, Stars. Yeah, it's tough. Um, yeah, it's a fun yeah, one. Not, yeah, so, but the Kraken, you know, their goaltending has been all over the place this season. So, uh, that's an opportunity to get some goals there. Even uh, it, that should be a that's a young team so. that they that the Devils' speed should take advantage of. 
Yeah, that should be too good. Uh, the Devils definitely have more talent than them. Uh, it's just you know, a matter of can they – I mean, I guess Grubauer or Martin Jones, you should be able to score goals. I feel like them. the Kraken are probably like the Devils, but like three years behind. Cause, oh, yeah, you know, they Devils got, West. Yeah, yeah they yeah. got Berniers. They got uh, Wright. Um, so it's all about just that, that spine growing up a little bit. But Berniers yeah. is having quite the season. Yeah, it might be a Calder Trophy. Yeah. Uh, could be I think he's definitely leading. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, all right, and then uh, the back-to-back uh, in California, Southern California. Um, I mean, the don't Ducks, lose that game. Yeah, don't lose the Ducks game. game. We don't yeah. lose the Ducks game. You might. We might not record next week if we lose the Ducks game. Yeah, they got like uh, four regulation wins this season. You cannot. You can't lose that game. Yeah, and, and you know what's crazy is that over the past they couple seasons, lost the first time. Yeah, and they've like they've lost games against the Ducks, which is concerning. Troy Terry has their number for some reason, and shout out to him. He's having another great season, named as the Anaheim Ducks uh, All Star. Um, and you know that's tough to do, especially if you got Zegers on your team, and the NHL loves Zegers. So shout out to Troy Terry on that. Yeah, so you got to win that game. And then the Kings game is definitely winnable too, but they are a good team. So uh, that should be a good one late. Saturday. I want three wins. I'm not going to be shy about it. I want three wins. I want I want this to be a successful. I want like five out of six on this road trip. I, it, yeah, these teams are work. not good. These teams are not good. They need five or six, four or six, or maybe like four wins and overtime loss and a regulation loss. like that, Yeah, that's... I mean, we'll talk about it next time we record, obviously. But, yeah, that Sharks game on uh, that ma- Monday matinee, should that's got to be a win too. So Yeah, a little MLK um, action. So, yeah. All right, Alex, anything else you want to touch on? Is there any updates on John Marino? Uh, I think Ruff did say before either the Rangers game or the Blues game that it, um, he's progressing, but he's still not close to playing. So. And then um, Bash as well. Yeah, Ruff did say he's getting closer, but uh, no real like firm update on the timeline. I think he he said Bastion's skating. Uh, so maybe Bastion by the Penguins game. Yeah, I would think maybe after that tr- when they come back from California or the West Coast, because we'll probably have a more tangible update on both. Yeah, yeah the the trip ends with the Kraken game, right? Yeah, and uh, shout out to Novo. Uh, it looks like he got in touch with Jesper's Bratt's agent over the past week, uh, and it looks like nothing has changed from a contract uh, negotiation perspective. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me too. And then last thing I want to say before we conclude this podcast is shout out to Damon Severson for that moment yesterday against the Rangers. Just for him personally, it was cool to see him get that moment because he gets a lot of unwarranted criticism uh, for his and, play, even though he's a legit top four defenseman. I think you could argue he's been their best defenseman over like the last week or two. So He's been a workhorse. Um, um, yeah. he, and, and we talked about it in the Penguins game where he put up 30 30- – 30 minutes, minutes of yeah. regular that that wasn't with it that was without overtime 30 minutes he played half the game that's unheard yeah, of, of penalty kills yeah yeah so yeah. shout out to damon he deserved that you saw the smile on his face you saw that crazy Devil. celebration yeah. uh that photo they got that's going all over yeah, twitter Devil's picks that go hard yeah i saw that from that account that was cool that was a really yeah. cool picture and he deserved that moment because uh i mean he's a good player and uh it's cool for him to, to get that and and Big Daddy Sivo even tweeted out too. So it's shout beautiful. out to Papa Severson. He he's yeah. quite the character. Yeah. So yeah, cool moment for the Severson family for sure. I was really happy for him. To Especially someone that's been a stalwart uh, through all this losing. Yeah. You almost feel like if Severson was on that on that cup run, it would have been a little bit different for the Devils. Yeah. Back uh, yeah. in 2012. Yeah, you never know. I think they had just drafted him at that point too. So. 
Yeah, I mean, even if you uh, – was that the 2011 draft or something like that? He's definitely a top 10 pick in that draft. Uh, Yeah, I mean, he'd probably definitely be a first-round pick for sure going in hindsight. Yeah. So was it, he wasn't a first round. He wasn't late first. No, he was round? second. Yeah, okay. he was a second round pick. Yeah. yeah. So if you redo that draft, he's definitely up there, top first yeah. half of the draft, at least in my opinion. Yeah. So I'd have to relook at it, but yeah. All right, uh, another long one for us today, Alex. But I think it was good, especially yeah, coming off that uh, that win yesterday. Yeah, uh, we needed to yeah, get that out, get it out of our systems. That's for sure. Definitely. So uh, with that being said, that's a wrap on episode 15. Hope everyone has a happy and healthy week and we'll be back with you next Sunday. Uh, And with that being said, go Devils. Go Devils.